<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers! I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Marge. Lex. Here we are again. Here we are again, but this week, I mean, I'm excited every week, but this week I'm super excited because I have a personal connection with yes. the fabulous Kim Douglas. Yes, I'm very excited. When you when we first met Kim that night at the City of Hope, you two had like such a spiritual connection. It was almost like there were blonde sparks flying everywhere. <laughs> I mean, she she name checked you in her acceptance speech. I know. We met that night and she singled me out from the crowd. Our eyes met across the Oof. floor. We were in love. I follow her on Instagram. We write to each other. There's something about Kim Douglas. And when you guys hear her voice, I think you're all going to fall in love. You're going to be inspired. She's a comedian. She's a lifestyle expert. She's a host. Yeah. She was on Ellen DeGeneres She's for 19 author. years. She's a best-selling author. She's been an anchor woman in her career. She's yes. been a newscaster. She is, She's a mom. nothing she cannot do. Yes. She has done it all. She comes from humble beginnings. Not unlike yours truly, the Maji. And the Lexi doll. Yeah, and the Lexi doll. We're we're all blonde, which yeah. we have that in common. All only children. All which I just learned about her. With all one son. That, that this is getting freaky. Which we all biologically just have one son. She has stepchildren. Yeah. I have stepchildren. I have stepchildren. This is getting crazy. <laughs> this is getting crazy. I think we're all meant to be together. But I just the reason we're having her on the podcast. Besides the fact she was so inspiring, breast cancer month was just over. Mm -hmm. She has come through tragedy. She had breast cancer. She has lost a husband. She has had an amazing career, but after 19 years, she was on Ellen. That ended. She was on the Hallmark Channel. She's pivoted from there. She's pivoted, but she's a woman of a certain age, not unlike yours truly. And also, I think it's super important to focus on the fact that like, Life is not over once you have kids. And as much as the media through our lives has told us that youth is where it's at, she is an advocate for pro-aging. Yes. Like not anti-aging, pro-aging. Yeah, fuck this anti-aging. I'm just going to yeah. say it right now. Anti-aging means we're against aging. No. Well, the anti of aging is death, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, so the alternative bullshit. is not for me. Yeah, yes. So, yes. Pro, we're pro, and so she is quite like pro aging. She's about pro aging. Yes. And we want to age, but we want to age in a fabulous way. And yes. she's about that. And she has 
you know, coined that phrase a lot. Mm -hmm. She is the beauty tips and tricks for that. She's written books about that. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many great things about Kim. So I'm so excited to have her. This is like my happiest day. Kim, we're with the fabulous Kim Douglas. We were just talking about you before you got on. I mean, comedian, lifestyle expert. Host, <laughs> go on, no, stop, go stop, on. Stop, go <laughs> on. I mean, I mean, just pro aging expert. I mean, you are just all encompassing, the most charitable human. You are inspiring to women everywhere and, and all humans. I, I just can't even talk about because I met you at City of Hope. I just want to say that I immediately fell in love when Amy Rosenblum, my original lady, yes. said, please come. They're honoring Kim Douglas because of. Your, your battle with breast cancer. Yeah. And we fell in love. We did. Right you away. did. It was a so love fest. Right away. And just, and then I, I, I knew a lot about you, but then I learned so much more and I, I'm just so in awe of you. You really started working at age 16. Yes. Yeah, I really did. I feel like we are so soul sisters. As you can't see us, it's basically three blondes. And if you knew what was yes. before, it was a bad comedy <laughs> sketch from the Ellen show. Three blondes trying to find their ear pods and plug in and my lights. Are, I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and, and what I love about I know. you, Marge, is that's the way we are. Like, you know, when we come out, we put it all together and we're like, okay, here we are. But beforehand, it's a chaotic, frenetic, wonderful, happy, fun mess. And I feel there's an affinity there with women like that, that just kind of say, yeah, you know what? Here's my age. Here's what I went through. Here's what I'm going through, but I can pull it together when I have to and make it work. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of people both compare us to Lucille Ball. Oh, your guys are so and cute. Goldie Hawn. And Goldie Hawn. A lot of people compare you to those two women. And I've been compared you, to them as well. Yes. Because yeah. there, there's a high, there's a high jinx about us, which is very entertaining, but that has worked very well for you in your career. It has. And, you know, I followed you and fell in love with you a lot through your show and through your wonderful book. And, you know, you started by saying you started working at 16 and I know you were the same. We're both only children. We're both from very yes. strong mothers. And we'll talk about that later in therapy. Um, Code for, you know, kooky strong mothers. Yes. Whatever. And, you know, I really knew you guys that at a very young age, I wasn't going to be able to have mommy and daddy's money. And so if I wanted to live a certain kind of a lifestyle, I was going to have to do it for myself. So truly at 16, I don't know if you kind of saw this, Margaret, but I wore these like 10 inch heels, just kidding to the city of hope event. But when I took them off, I'm five, two, and I was always very petite. And my dad was lucky enough to save a ton of money as a carpenter to get a Cadillac. And when I turned 16, this is really funny. When I turned 16, the day I turned, I got in the Cadillac, which in those days was like a big car. You know, they were like boats. Yes. That was huge. Right. Huge. And, and look, you guys, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm sitting on a pillow right now. You can see it, but at home, <laughs> at home, I want you guys to know that are listening. I'm sitting on a pillow so I can be tall. And what I did when I was 16 is I got the telephone book. There's no telephone books now. Back in the day, in the olden days, there was a thick telephone yes. book and I put it on the seat, you guys, so I could see over the dashboard. And I drove to the local news station and I knocked on the door and I said, 
I don't know what I can do, but I'll clean floors. I'll get coffee. I'll, I'll clean toilets. I just want to be in news. I want to be on TV. I want to be Barbara Walters. And they were like, uh, who is this 16 year old that's knocking on our door, <laughs> but it ended up working and they gave me an internship and you know, the rest is, to, and I, I used it and I worked it and I ended up being, you know, a, a news reporter and an anchor woman at 21 in Detroit at the seventh largest market in the country. Cause I had gone when I was 16 on a telephone book and offered to clean toilets. I mean, that is an unbelievable story. It's like the, it's the American dream. It really is. And it's what's so impressive. Like the go-getter in you has taken you so far in your career and it keeps evolving. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's, you know what I love? It's not like you rest on your laurels. You keep reinventing yourself. And I think people always think it, it comes easy, but they don't realize that they have to keep changing, reinventing themselves. You've faced setbacks, not, not all, you know, professionally things happen, but also physically you've, sure. you've faced major health scares. You've lost the love of your life, your husband, and, and it's very hard to recover from something like that No, and, and still keep a smile on your face. You're right. And, and move forward. Yeah. And both of you just said, you know, that you just keep going and you keep reinventing. And I think if, if there was any takeaway for your listeners today, that would be what I would say is the most important takeaway. I think women like us three do really have to keep inventing ourselves. And the word that I use is pivot. And, you know, I started out as a hard news reporter, literally covering murders, rapes, and fires in Michigan, in Detroit, because that's all there was. And then I somehow, you know, interviewed my husband, Jerry Douglas, who was on The Young and the Restless, found myself out in LA. All of a sudden, I'm an entertainment reporter on E. Then I went into Second City, got into comedy. So you just start to see all those different rebirths, if you will. And I think the secret is not standing back and going, oh, wait, I, I can't really do that. I, I've never done comedy or I can't really do that. I've never done new. You just have to throw yourself forward and look for that pivot in our lives because it happens in everyone's life. And I think we three jump in head first as the Goldie Hawn or the Lucy or the whatever. We just jump in, not always, yes. you know, to our advantage, but at least we jump in. <laughs> no. And I, and I think that's what life's about. I've learned more about you. You're very spiritual. Very. You, you talk a lot about faith. Were you always that way? Did you always have that in your life or did that come later? Wow. You just threw me a curveball. Didn't expect this one. Oh, you're going to make me cry a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's, no I can I'm, start crying. No, but I, I no, because I, I like that. And I feel that as I got older, yeah, I am more spiritual. So I was born and raised in the church, very hellfire and brimstone. It's called assembly of God. So it's the Christian faith, but it's the real, like, you know, it, it's almost like the really wonderful, wild, fabulous African-American churches. And yes. they're very expressive about their faith. So I was born and raised in church. My grandmother from Scotland, and I know your European background as well, Hungarian, and she was the first female minister in Scotland, in our, in the mom, my wow. mom and dad's town. I come from a really rich background of faith, not rich in money, but rich in faith. And you know what? I truly believe this, my hand on the Bible, I could not 
have gotten, I could never have accomplished anything that I did. And I could not have gotten through the, the illnesses, cancer, loss of my husband, infertility battles, so many things without my faith in God. There is no way on this earth. Right before you guys, we came on, let me just do this. I, I don't share this with anybody, but I'm going to do it with my favorite girl, Marge. Uh, I, I really mean this. This is what I listen to. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. Um, I hear that music. Yeah. I this hear is the what music. I listen to every morning and every night before bed. I read in my Bible and in my devotional book. And you guys, it's the only thing that feeds me and keeps me standing. Because as you both may know, on my Instagram, it's all, I'm at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes. I'm with the girls. Look how fun. Yes. No, there's there's a lot of fun and positivity and you're out and about, but you don't always feel it. It's not, it's not always what's going on inside. Well, it, you know, I do that to keep the sadness at bay. And I do that because when I come in at night, I shut the door and I'm alone. And, you know, I lost my husband of 40 years and, you know, and Ellen ended, her show ended, the Hallmark show I was on ended. My husband passed. I don't want to make this a big downer for you guys, but. No, no, it's not. But it it shows people how you do keep going and you keep it positive for everybody else. But also Instagram's not always, (laughs) you know, where it appears you, you have a job, you have your public persona, but everything's not always, you know, cake and roses. And I think right. people don't. Yeah. Re- and I think people also think, Are you he- know, like on a show like Ellen, it will never end. You know, you've reached these peaks in your careers. Like this is just going to go forever. Like, you know, once people have reached this peak, but it doesn't. And when it doesn't go forever, you have to find what's next. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're only as good as your last segment, not your last show you're only as good as your last segment. So, you know, we do have to always keep it going and keep it new and fresh. And in order to do that, I do have to replenish myself. And and I do it through, you know, my faith. Other people do it through many different things, but it's worked for me for 63 years. So I'm keeping on doing it. No, I (laughs) listen, I love that. And I think just following you has inspired me to be a a, a more, you know, spiritual. And I watch and I I think it's, it exudes from you because you could see it's genuine and it's not, I, you know, for lack of a word, bullshit. Yeah. Because there's a lot. (laughs) No, but no, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you see people who talk about their, you're not preachy. It's, it's just genuine and it comes through and exudes in your energy of positivity. And that's why I love you so much because you, you are so inspiring and, and you have so many good things to say and and you're fun and you're, you know, and you're beautiful inside now. And I think that's what, that's what comes through. So I want to talk a little bit about Ellen because how did you land that gig? (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So I wrote my publisher. I wonder if she did your book, Jan Miller my literary agent, I was doing E a hundred years ago. Yes. And it started out that my publisher. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so, so I was doing E and it was really gossipy. You guys like really gossipy. And it was kind of like telling about celebrities that were having affairs that were married and had families and stuff. And look, you know, when I'm alone and we three, the TV's off or whatever, I'm, just as happy as anybody else to start dishing, you know, what's going, oh, did you see what she was wearing? Oh, do you believe that? I mean, I'm right in there. Yes. But 
when you're doing it on broadcast and it could hurt people that you don't even know. I mean, I, how do I know Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? I don't know them from Adam. So way back in the day, it wasn't them, but I didn't feel really comfortable doing that. But when the cameras would go down, if I had JLo in the chair and she was talking about a movie, I would literally, the cameras would go down, which we'll do right now with you guys. And I'd be like, so Marge, you know what, you know, that green satin dress you were wearing, where did you get it? Also, your skin looks, your skin <laughs> looks so great. What are you using? And the cameras are down, right? So it's just like, oh, yes. And they would tell me like, because this was way before everybody was a beauty expert and an influencer. And they would tell me, and they would tell me things that were cheap. Like, you know, oh, I use ponds or, oh, I take the toilet seat cover that's free from behind the public toilets. And I, I pad it here, <laughs> here and here. <laughs> and, yes, oh, yes. and I was like, oh my God, JLo does this. And Sarah Jessica Parker does that. And, blah. and I come home and I get on the phone with my girlfriends. I'd be like, you're going to die. Oh, so that movie she's doing, who cares? Let me tell you what she's doing. You know, and then, so I pitched to my producer and I said, can I start doing secrets of the celebrities for affordable prices? And he said, yeah, it took off. Then I decided to pitch it as a book. I wrote the book, my first book, like 25 years ago, the Black Book of Hollywood Beauty Secrets. I did a book opening in an LA big Barnes and Noble. Back in the day, there was actually bookstores. And um, I know, that's right? so, so sad know. about that. And one of the producers of the Ellen Show, Matt Wright, came to that book signing. And I was doing my little spiel like I'm doing with you guys. Do you believe Janie said this and Sally said this and blah, blah. And he came up to me and he said, you know what? I think you'd be great with Ellen. Will you come and do some one beauty segment? One. And I said, yes. Oh my God, that'd be great. Then I got so nervous. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was throwing up. <laughs> and I didn't want to do it. And then I called the producer and I said, you know what? I'm not ready. I don't think I can do it. Can we put this off for a couple of weeks or a month? And he said, if you don't do it this time, you'll never be asked again. And we have 10 other people waiting in the wings. So do it now or don't do it. I did the one segment and it was on every month, twice a month for 19 years. And I never stopped. I know that was, that. Mu I know that was so impressive. I mean, I know I'd watch it with the cucumbers and yes. oh God. stuff on your face. And <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, you would do every fun thing and it was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, that must've, and so when that ended, were you like, holy crap now what, or no? I was, I really was because Ellen at one point was like the height of LA yes, TV. Of course. And it really was a great, a great place for me. I really could have fun. She never told me what to do. People really think that we rehearsed it, but I will tell you this. You can say what you want about Ellen. She is a improv genius. Like I would bring on things and just the look that she would give or the, you know, the face or what she do with things. She, she was so good. And we just had that kind of chemistry like you two have. And either it works or it doesn't, and you can't make it happen. So I was very sad when that ended, but going back to kind of your first couple questions, you know, it was time for a pivot. It was time to move on. Yes. And it was actually time in my life, you guys, to move from being the silly girl to being a little bit more of the girl that had some depth and some trauma in her life and had to overcome it. I feel like, do you feel like, cause we're, we're women of a certain age, not yep. Lexi yet. She's still in her forties. Oh, love unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucky, lucky. No. Mm -hmm. And 
do you ever feel like sometimes, you know, we're, we're looked upon like we're, we're past our prime. Oh, we're, we're expired or, and that's why I love that you say, which I said to Lexi, I love that you don't say anti-aging, you say pro-aging. Yep, absolutely. So I just read an article in the Wall Street Journal by a colleague and friend of mine. She's on Instagram at no more crop top, which is really funny because when you hit a certain age, you know her. I think because you follow her and you tagged her. So I started following her, no more crop top. Exactly. She's really fun. And she's a pro-aging advocate as well. And you know, she really did say, she said, like, you get to a certain age, a little over 40, and you walk down the street, and all of a sudden, there aren't the looks. All of a sudden, you go in, you know, to a restaurant, and they put you in the table, and the, what all of these things happen in your life, no matter where you are in the country, and it's really, it's really a shock, and they think you don't want to dress fun anymore. You don't want to try things new anymore. You don't want to have sex anymore. You're not vital anymore. You know, and I just, I'm not buying into that. And I also either, no, we can't. And, you know, I think with our dollars and with our voices and your platforms, we have to say the brands that are going to be pro aging and show women of our age, I'm just going to throw out some names to you. Tell me if you don't think these women are sexy, vital. I just want to say, I mean, for a lot of our, we're very bangable. Okay. Oh my We're very attractive, bangable women. I mean, yes. cut me a break. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, I recently heard Jane Fonda say, and now she's in her mid eighties, but she said, okay, finally I've decided the shop's closed. So guess what? For her, that's great. But that doesn't mean everybody hits a certain age and they feel, oh, I have to be hanging from the chandeliers, having sex 10 times a day. If you want no. to more power to you, if you don't, you know, you're still very sexual and available and know what you want and know and, how and to- vital and you, and yeah. you want to feel good and you want to look good. Yes. I think also the media has such a big part to play. You know, the golden girls right. were the same age <laughs> as, as sex in the city. Characters. I can't. Yes. Which is absolutely which is ridiculous. Stunning to me. Like, come and, on. Like, and let me tell you this, JLo, not sexy. She's 50. Are you kidding? She's, what yes, about tell uh, me who you yes, yeah, I didn't uh, mean to cut you no, off. No, no, no. Uh, Lucy Liu. She has the body of death. She's like this big. She's so cute. She's so fabulous. Halle Berry. You know, they're Halle all Halle Berry. Yeah, yes. Kim Kardashian's in her 40s. There's so many women, Heidi Klum. There are so many women that are in their 40s and 50s. And then I'll even go to like a Helen Marin who wears these big bright oh, colors and these gorgeous wraps. And and you know, I mean, you cannot say you're not listen Carmen Delorfis is the how old is she now she's like in her 80s she looks her face I know her style so stunning so we have to support brands that are going to support us and be like women aren't done at a certain age and by the way we are the ones with the buying power the money that's the ones with the money that's that's exactly what I say we're the ones with the money who could support these brands exactly and I think some brands are not marketing towards women of a certain age. And I say this all the time and I've had issues sometimes with agencies, Yeah, you know, not doing the right thing. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but it, but it's true. Yeah, it really is. And I said, I you know, like we should start our own. I yes. know. And, and tell me the truth, ladies, if you have a young woman, let's just say I have nothing against her, but Gigi Hadid. And she's on TV selling us an anti-wrinkle cream for under your eyes. You can get this. I'm like, 
how does she know about under eye wrinkles? She's yes, 26. She's a stunning girl, but you have no yes. wrinkles. And I mean, she's me 26. I didn't have any wrinkles either. So I'm not buying from a girl that you've hired for millions of dollars to sell me your under eye cream. Put on women our ages. Let's talk to them. And it's actually okay to have some under eye wrinkles. It means that you smile a lot. And I will tell you this one story. You guys, I did interview this one woman. I won't say her name because she's still very prominent. She's in her 60s now. And she was on a very, very famous TV show with two other very famous women. And she came to the set one day and I was doing an interview with her. And her eyes were just so beautiful. And I could tell she didn't have anything done, but she also didn't have a lot of wrinkles for her age. And I said to her, I said, you know, so-and-so, what, how do you not have, and she said, I don't do any facial expressions. I was like, wait, what? I mean, that is so like, look, I will just like right now I'm all squinty and, but who cares? I am. I do a ton of facial expressions. I'll tell you something very funny. The other day I did, I was upping my life insurance and the woman who came to do my life insurance test. Now I'm just going to tell you, she was like close to 80. (laughs) And she said to me, Oh, what, what surgeries have you done? I said, I've had a facelift. She's looking for my scars. She's like very impressed by this. And then at the end she goes, Oh, you have a beautiful face, but you squint too much. I think you need Botox. I'm telling you. Oh my God. She goes, I see, I see you're doing this. I was like, all right, listen, lady. I was like, you know, just, just take my blood. But I just thought that was the funniest thing. And I was like, I know I do make a lot of facial expressions. And I do because of that, my face is very expressive. My muscles are very strong, but I was like appalled. I was like, This one was pushing, and she's telling me. I was like, you know. You are the most impossible person to find a cover photo for. You know, like when you do a video and you have to do the cover photo, Marjorie's over like, I know, I know. (laughs) I'm always like, "Ah," you know, the funniest faces. I mean, people always come, but that's what it is. It's like, I don't want to have a blank face. No. No. I mean, I like having a facelift. I'm not going to lie. Otherwise, I look like I'm picking potatoes, but let's. I hear you. There's nothing wrong with maintaining ourselves. Not at all. And I just think that we're all doing, we're kind of paving the way for all these young girls that are coming behind us because I think they start to think, oh, you hit your 40s, you hit your 50s, you hit your 60s, and you really can look great and be doing great things and be out there. And what a great message for the young women in that are coming up behind us. I think not just do both of you look insanely amazing, but you have a forever young spirit. Like we said, like a Goldie Horn. What yes. do you accredit such a young, youthful spirit to? You know what? This sounds so cliche, but I will tell you, I think it is laughter and comedy. And I feel with what I know about Marge, we're not afraid to make fun of ourselves. Like for God's sakes, I was on national TV putting my feet in pumpkin pie or putting avocado on my head. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny quick story. So, you know, being on the Ellen show and then my husband was on a soap opera for 60 years called The Young and the Restless. He called it The Old and the Useless, but whatever. So That's anyway, so funny. The, yeah. I guess I used to call it The Young and the Rest of Us. Uh-huh, exactly. Or, or Which the, a lot of people called it that. Yeah. Yes. And there was also The Hung and the Breastless. And I, I mean, I could go on for an hour. So, you know, we were around TV and I know even with you, Marge, probably even at BravoCon and stuff. Some of the other housewives that you're around, and this is what I always loved about you, they really, forgive me, but they think they're curing cancer. 
Like they really, like they're so important in what they're doing. They take themselves very, very seriously. They're not in on the joke. No, they're not in. And you always were. And I could always tell that. And I always was never had a problem making fun of myself. But I I recently did this or a gala that I hosted for a hospital out here called St. John's. And it's right in Santa Monica. And I'm part of this board and this foundation. And all the everybody was sitting in there, blah, blah, blah. And we're all talking about the gala, whatever, you know. And one of the main guys from the foundation was five minutes late. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, boy, he's late. And, you know, do you believe this? It's a big hospital. And so all of a sudden, and it was our my first meeting. And so he walks in. And he's a guy wearing the scrubs, you know, the, the green or what blue, whatever scrubs. And his hat was a little disheveled. And of course, because we're women, I noticed his shoes, they weren't, you know, designer or anything fancy. They were kind of a little worn, yes. no, no jewelry, no whatever. So he walks in, he's five minutes late. I'm like, whatever. And so we start talking, everyone is telling their stories about what we're going to do for this gala. And then they turn to him and they go, so John, we know why you were late and everything. And so what is your two cents to put in here? And he goes... And they go, oh, and and how did it work out with why you're late? And he goes, oh, it's fine. It's fine. He goes, you know, she was 99 and she just had open heart surgery. And I just sewed her up right now. I'm so sorry. That's why I was five minutes late. And she's going to be great. She's going off and her heart's working and we're doing good. And I'm like, ah, the man literally just did open heart surgery on a 99 year old, sewed her up. And she was going to be fine. And I'm with these clowns that think they're curing cancer because they're doing a segment on toothpaste or how to bake a I know, I know, exactly. (laughs) I know this, I, exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, you all need to calm down and you just need to get a grip. So that is a long version answer of your question. I think if you can laugh at yourself, find the humor in life, find the the joy and the, the good things. I think you can keep that youthful spirit. And if you don't, I think you're just going to, you know, oh, woe is me. I'm super old. No one wants me. Oh my God. No, no, not doing it. You cannot live with one foot in the grave. No. I have a very funny story. I went to the urologist because, you know, I have a baby. So I pee when I sneeze. I pee when I jump. I pee when I laugh. (laughs) I pee when I pee. I stand up when I'm still peeing. And they've said, you know, there's two options. You can put filler in there, like the filler for your cheeks to squeeze your urethra. Who would know? You could have a mesh. And I said, well, what do people do? And she said, well, I had a 99-year-old lady come in here. And she said, you know, the filler, you have to go every few months because like the filler in your face, it wears off. But the mesh is pretty permanent. It could last you for, you know, a solid 15 years. And she said, so I had a 99-year-old lady come in here and she said, I want the mesh. I don't have time to be coming in here every three months. I'm very busy. I need a full life solution. A full oh life. A full life solution. I, I want to be her. this woman. And right? you know what? Well, it, and the moral of the story, she's 99. So what she's doing is working. Wow. Yeah. You, I think it's, you have to have that attitude because yeah, I have a lot of friends, I think who don't, you know, who have a great life, but they don't keep themselves as busy and they are a little woe is me and glass is half empty. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's not fun. And I try and give them inspiring things to, to do and yeah. say, and you know, they're single or what <laughs> we just yeah. had lunch with one today. We did. We did. And, and it, she was a little depressed, you know, and, and it's hard because I feel like you do, you can lose your identity yes. many times as a woman. Like, 
you know, like after you kids, you start to feel like, oh, am I a mom or am I still the fun girl I was before I was right. a mom? I've had a little bit of that. But you have to have like a serious talk to yourself. Like I felt that way. I called the therapist. I'm like, let's go. Let's fix this. Let's, this is yeah. not me. Like you have to talk to yourself. Do you think you're, I mean, in addition to your faith, which it, it did help you get through your breast cancer, I think your sense of humor also. Oh yeah. Helped Absolutely. you get through your breast cancer diagnosis because that was the, your husband was also not, he was oh. diagnosed at that time as well. Right. And he, and you're, yeah, he was, you know, he's 25 years older than me. He was. And then we have one child and he was still in college. Yes. So, I mean, you can imagine what was going on in my head. Like, seriously, of it, course. you know, what, what's going on here. So, but you know, Jerry was really funny too. And it's kind of like the way you and Joe are. Jerry celebrated my humor and my craziness and didn't damper it. And, and I celebrated, which his. is so important. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, we, we would make the best of it. And, you know, were there really sad days that we'd sit and just cry in each other's arms? Yes, for sure. But we tried to, for the people that love us, for the audience that has followed both him and I, and most importantly for our son Hunter, we just felt like, you know, we can't do that. That can't be what we're projecting. So we really tried to project a, a lightness and a happiness. And I will tell you the day that I got diagnosed and, and got told the exact cancer I had and treatments and everything, a wonderful friend reached out to me, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who was diagnosed with the same cancer, the same treatment, the same prognosis, the same everything, but eight months in front of me. And she called me when I was in dire straits. And I said, what, you know, what do I do? How did you deal with this? And she said, well, I went for a short period of time and I said, why me? And you guys can relate to that with whatever. If you lose your house, if you lose your boyfriend, if you lose your job, why me? And then she said, after a little while, I said, why not me? Why not me? I've had a charmed life. I've had wonderful things happen to me. And now I've got this and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to face it. I'm going to beat it and I'm going to fight it. And, you know, if you do flip the script like that, you guys, on anything in your life, I think it's just a healthier way to face the trials because we're all going to have them. And believe me, out here in L.A., you know, people are the best actors in real life. Everything looks shiny and beautiful and crystal clear. And it isn't always in anybody's life. That is so important to say. And I think so many people are going to hear that from you because that that is hard. And I think it is like, everyone's like, why me? I I know that feeling. I mean, crappy shit has happened to me and I I feel like the rug's been pulled out from under me, but it's also true. It's like, we're blessed in so many other ways. And why, why not me? And I think the flipping of the script is such an important message for people to hear. Right. In, in whatever aspect. What's next for Kim Douglas, the fabulous Kim Douglas? Are well, we allowed to know? Oh, I wish. I wish it was all juicy and fabulous, which it might be. So here's <laughs> the thing. I need your advice on this, both of you. So okay. um, oh, no, we'd love to give advice. Yeah. Oh, good. So November <laughs> 9th is the anniversary of my wonderful yes. devoted husband's passing. So it will be a year in about a week. And my girlfriends out here, who I mentioned to you earlier before we started, took me out to lunch yesterday and we were all talking about when is it time to start dating again? So I'm not, I'm not sure about that. What, what do we think? I think you can start dating now. I think if you feel it, I think you have a lot of, you know what, like you said, when you close the door, you feel alone at night. 
And you're somebody who has a lot of love to give and you don't need to be alone. And I think Jerry is looking down on you and I think he wants you to be happy and full of life. And you have a lot of love to give. And I think that you deserve to be with someone. And I think he would want you to be with someone. I truly believe that. He wants you to be happy. The most important thing to him, just looking back on things, is for you to be happy and to have a full life. Yeah, I I think so. So that could be in my future. Maybe there'll be a little bit of that on my Instagram and on some of the segments that I do. I okay, do. what makes me think there could be someone? I don't have to say that. Or just us, or just like <laughs> you finding someone. And then I actually do pretty regularly a show called Daily Blast Live, which is in the country. That. And that's a really fun show. And then I have this podcast, which was a little bit of flipping the script that's called Your Healthy Dose with Kim Douglas. And it's in association with St. John's. And you guys, it's really so interesting because it really is from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes. And here's what we talk about. Have you both, and I'm asking you both, have you had your ears checked, your eyes checked? Do you go in for your mammograms? Have you had your colon checked? Even at 40, by the way, young lady over there, baby face. Yes you know, that colon cancer is on the rise for 40 and under and under. I mean, so I don't want to get into all medical thing, but you know what? It's so nice to be giving information that is really um, informative and important and could truly save lives. So that's free. And it's a podcast I'm doing. And last but not least, Jan Miller, who I mentioned to you for your next book, Marge, is I'm doing a book with her about everything we just talked about, about everything that's kind of happened in my life and how I deal with it and how I want to help others deal and tips and tricks from, you know, losing all your hair. By the way, this is all my hair. You guys, no extensions, no. Which is, um, which is a, I know. Which is a and big deal, none. which is and a I big know. deal. Yeah, I know that sounds How weird. is that hair so thick and beautiful? Thank you. I, it's all, honestly, it's all prayer in God because I lost it all. I looked like Ronald McDonald. I had little tiny little uh, curls. And they say sometimes when you go through chemo, all the drugs that go in and when you lose all your hair, it comes back really curly and with a red tinge. Can you imagine me as like Ronald McDonald hair? Not oh so my much. God. Ron. Not so much. <laughs> well, I you mean, look good with any hair, but oh, you know, I, but, anyway, so but no, your hair came yeah. in beautifully. So I'm going to share all the secrets of that and the skin. I had green, you know, I had green to my skin, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. The only thing that didn't come back, you guys, is my nails. They don't, they crack all the way up. Listen, if that's the only thing with stage three cancer, I'll take it. I'll take it. So I I mean, I know I'm so excited about that book. Caviar. It won't be as yeah, good. Yeah, can, can, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be 10 times. I'm so excited to read it. It's going to be, Aww. we know it's going to be a bestseller and I can't wait for that to come out. So you're working on that now. That's a big deal yeah, because is. no, everybody's so inspired by you. I never heard anybody say one bad thing about Kim. No, Douglas. never. Oh my I mean, Marge, I mean, the endless people can't take me. My voice is annoying this. You, you're like a little ray of sunshine. Me, everyone's, it's so hysterical. But See, you know, so Kim, we ask so many people, what is the most, because this is an entrepreneurial inspiring. Oh, right. Okay. What is the most entrepreneur real advice you could give somebody? Would you give it? I mean, I know you've said it through the segment, but I just, the most real advice you can give anybody who's getting started in any business or just a life lesson because you've given so many. Yeah. I think, you know, it kind of started with that one funny enough, 16 sitting on the, you know, telephone book and going for my dream at 16, which was ridiculous. I'm not going to be an anchor woman at 16 in Detroit, Michigan, but you know, I had that goal 
It was in my head. And you know, you guys at 63, I never wavered from that. I never wavered from that goal. I knew I had to have a platform. I knew I wanted to express myself and give information to people. And look, all these years later, I'm still doing that. So I guess I would say like, get your telephone book, get in your little, your dad's car, whatever that means to you, you know, not literally, yes. but figuratively, metaphorically, and, and just drive forward and do it. And if there's pivots along the way, you know, grab those pivots and, and take them because why, why me, but why not you? I mean, if, someone's going to do it and be a success entrepreneurially. Why not you? I love that. That's very good advice. That is good advice. So we always accredit Marge's success to 50% delusion and 50% determination. How would you think your percentages stack up? Wait, say, so 50%, did you say delusion? Delusion. Yeah. Cause I always oh, say I my delusion that. is like, you know, I yeah. always believe my own hype. I would say for me, I'm being a hundred percent honest here. I would say 90% determination and 10% delusion because I was raised in Detroit and so in such a faith-based thing, I think they don't really allow you to be delusional because you're going to hell and you're all in bad thoughts. Right? <laughs> you have a bad thought, you're going to hell. So I couldn't be very delusional, but I did know that in order to get out of Detroit and in order to achieve my goals, I had to be really determined. I never was the prettiest. I never was the tallest. I never was the smartest. I never was the most beautiful. I For never was. I don't believe, I, I, I I that's, believe that. That's very hard to believe. <laughs> no, I, I really mean it. Mar I, I believe really you're not the tallest, but everything else <laughs> I believe. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. And I really had to work at it to, to get there, you know, and I bet you guys probably, maybe you were these girls, but like, there's like the, the, the girls no, in no. my school, they were like the real popular girls and they had everything and they were the cheerleaders and the homecoming Queens and the, and that really wasn't me. I did have to work extra hard. And way back then I was so sad about that. I so wanted to be them, but now I'm so grateful for that because it meant I had to work super hard and got me to where I am. So we have our last question. I think you've said this, and I think you've had a lot of these moments, but what do you think was your big girl panty moment? You were like, oh my God, this is my sink or swim moment in my career. Oh, in my career or in my life. Whichever one, whichever one. The sink or swim was, was I going to go on Ellen that day when I said I didn't, I was yes. really scared. But in my life, I think the sink or swim moment, you guys truly was the minute I walked in from a long walk, drinking my green juice, never smoking, doing everything right, checking all the boxes, doing everything I was told, like a good Christian girl in church. And then the phone rings. Oh, just one minute. I got to take this call. Oh, hi, Kim Douglas. Yeah, you have stage three breast cancer. I, I can't believe it. So that was my sink or swim. And here's the thing. I really could have at that moment sunk or swam and chose to fight. And, and I'm so glad I did. And it was a battle for my life truly. And, yes. and yeah, and we all, we all face that in different, in different levels, you know, but we all do. And I literally, this is really interesting, you guys, but somebody made this picture for me and they blew it up right here, but this is a picture and it's the day that I was going in for my double mastectomy. I was going in the next morning 
and it was the daytime Emmys, oh Marge. Yep. And I don't think wow. you can see it that clearly, but it's the I only can. picture. I can. You look stunning. Well, it's the only picture I ever took you guys where I wasn't smiling. Because if you put a camera in front of me, it's just, it's just like yes, an automatic smile. But I will tell you what I was doing here. I got up and I got dressed. I didn't want to go to this thing because, you know, I was going in to get both breasts cut off the next morning. And I literally looked in that camera and I was like, you know what, cancer, you are not going to take me down. You are not going to do it. And I'm going to fight it and I'm going to win and I'm going to beat it and I'm going to do this and you're not going to get me. And that's what this look was. And I think whatever it is, whether it's cancer, whether it's somebody who's really mean to you, that I feel you get a lot of times, Marge, undeserved. You're so wonderful. And I want to <laughs> jump you. in that camera so and yell at those girls. Whatever it is, don't That's let right. that take you down. Don't you give in. Thank don't you. you do it. No, I, do, I don't. Thank you. That is such a good message to so many people because- Listen, it's making me well. I know oh, it does oh, make you well. Because no, you were so strong. And it's so like, strong. You are so strong. I, I think sometimes coming from a background like ours also, yes. other people could crumble from that. But I think sometimes it gives you a big inner strength also because you have no choice. You have no choice. Oh, my God. Oh, little great. Douglas. I'm I a little, I'm so obsessed <laughs> with you. I, I, I die for you. I die for you. Well, I just want tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, goodness. So you can follow me on Instagram at Kim Douglas, K-Y-M. Yes. Kim with a Y. And listen to the podcast about health because I really want you all to get checked because I don't want anyone to ever go through what I went through. So it's your healthy dose on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can listen after you listen to this great podcast. Because this is a great Yes, your healthy dose. We're going to listen to that all the time. And we're going to listen to yours. Yes. Yeah. And then the book will be out soon and I will keep you up to date. Both of you on my dating life. I'm probably going to be having wild, crazy sex 24 seven hanging from the chandeliers. Good. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I love, I mean, that's amazing. Good for you. Well, we'll see. That's exciting. We will see. That's good. But I adore you both. And thank you for having me on. There were so many takeaways from Kim today. I feel almost like spiritually lifted. I met her at City of Hope, which was a charity that she was being honored for her breast cancer achievement and all this thing she does for City of Hope. And we instantly fell in love. I had to have her on the podcast because she was so inspiring. She touched my life that day and she's touched so many lives. And listen, she's friends with so many people. If you go on her Instagram from the Kris Jenners to so many movie stars to, you know, we have mutual friends. She's so down to earth, so real. She has had an illustrious career, but she's still the same person I think she always was. Yes. And I love that about her. But to have such a positive outlook, such a ray of sunshine. And, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. And there is something about her that she's not preachy about her religion, but it's her faith that that got her through. It's her positivity. She had a beautiful happy marriage with her husband. I met her, her amazing son and the pro-aging, not the anti-aging, just the positive spin on everything in life. Yes. That's been a common theme through her life, you know, exactly at the crossroads, you know, when things go down, she always pushes up and it comes through. It's in, it's something in her smile, her energy, like it's infectious even through a screen. I know, which I love. And it, it's when she said she got cancer, it was like, at first it was why me, but like, why not me? And I think that she, that she flipped the narrative, like, why not me? And then 
like fought back and said, you're not going to get me. And I think that's a great attitude to have. I hope everybody could take that away from this podcast because I know I'm taking that. That's a great takeaway for me because listen, sometimes we could all get down ourselves. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, holy shit, why'd that happen? You know, first world bullshit problems that we all deal with, Yeah, which is so stupid. Listen, I'm on a show that's like first world bullshit problems, which- is then you know, which is everybody's life, and it's and it's very personal and yeah, and relative to what we're, we're anything we're going through at the moment, right? Yes. But let's flip the narrative. Mm-hmm. Why not me? Deal with our stuff head on. Yes, I think so. I think you have to, and I think also, I, I'm going to take away from this very much. Like when it comes to that moment where you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. That could be the chance to change the course of your life forever take the leap of faith, like the exactly. Ellen moment. She was on Ellen for 19 years. Exactly. A regular on Ellen for 19 years. And she almost said no. Exactly. So I think the also say yes, don't, don't say no. Everything can be an opportunity. You're a very big yes person. I am a big yes person. Maybe yes too much. <laughs> but, and, and I think, you know what? More yeses, less more opportunity. More opportunity. So, Everybody follow Kim Douglas at Kim Douglas, K-Y-M. Yes. Douglas. And and I'm going to listen to her podcast as well. Daily Dose. and uh, Daily Dose. Very important. Mammograms, colonoscopies, eye checks. I need to book one. I haven't tested my eyes since I was 16. I mean, I always say that I'm blind, that I can't see. I mean, I'm I'm in my reading glasses all the time. I'm literally a disaster. Mammograms I'm good with. I'm forcing my early colonoscopy because colon cancer is on the rise. So I'm listening to Joe and I. Yeah, Joe and I did double couples colonoscopy. Very romantic thing. Lexi drove us. Joe and I did couples colonoscopy. So it's a great thing. I picked you up like it was a date. Come on, you two. Yes. In the back of the car. Yeah, exactly. We went for our colonoscopy. (laughs) Together. We crapped our brains out the day before together and went to the colonoscopy and then went to a lovely lunch right after. So it says love like a couple's colonoscopy. Yes. So everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yes. And we will see you next week with more fabulous guests. Yes. See you next week. Keep dreaming, caviar dreamers. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.